The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to The Art of Impeccable Soul Care, bridging ancient wisdom and modern teachings to raise your vibration and elevate your life. I'm your host, Terry Williams. Let's rise to new heights together on mindbodyspirit.fm. Hello, lovely souls, and welcome to another day on planet Earth. Today, today's a great day because we are going to be enveloped in love and maybe a little breath work with my dear friend and I think of maybe as a soul brother, Scott Stabile. Uh, when I met Scott live and in person, uh, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago, it was an instantaneous connect. It was one of those things where you say to yourself, I want to be in the presence of this human. And from what I can tell, the feeling's mutual, right? <laughs> Should I come yeah, in? Yeah. Imagine if yeah. I was like, not really. You know, you know, I just like to make you feel good, sister. <laughs> no, what was so cool about that? Of course it's mutual. Well, I'm so yeah. I'm so proud of both of us for following up that feeling with really intentional, like reaching out to each other, which is something I don't necessarily often do, but we just, we stayed in touch and we stayed connected and we went for walks and um, I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. And it was really a COVID connection as well, because we were one of the few people that connected with each other during that time frame, you know, to, mm. to support and, that was really beautiful. So let's rewind okay. and tell the listeners a little bit about you and where you are on your journey of, of love. My journey of love. Well, where I am physically is in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And about me, I mean, really, I guess for the, the sake of this podcast, the a thing to know about me is I make a lot of noise for love. I'm a big believer in the power of love. And when I speak about love, I'm really talking about what I see as energy. That's my experience of love. It's as an energy that exists everywhere within us and outside of us. And so in my experience of living, the more connected I am to that energy in my thoughts, words, and actions, and the more I'm choosing it and living with it and in it, uh, the more joy I bring into my life automatically, the more meaning I bring into my life, the more connection with others. And as importantly as any of that, the more compassion I feel for myself. You know, so love for me is a game changer because its energy is always serving everything. You know, if I'm focused on loving myself and giving myself the gift of self-love, I know that I'm also serving everyone in my life and the world in general, because that is how love works. It's only pure, it's only positive, and it's always transcendent. 
So it's always, you know, you and I love each other so much. So this is going to be a half an hour of loving on one another and the experience of this energy we're sharing with each other. It's not only serving us, it's serving the world. That's what love does. And so for me, when I'm talking about love and being a love activist and encouraging people to connect with this energy, it's my deep belief that this is how we heal. It's not only how we heal ourselves, it's how we heal our relationships and it's how we heal our world. And that the beauty of love is not that you have to deny anything that is happening in life in order to still choose love. You can still hold yourself open to the full experience of of the insanity on this planet and the division on this planet and the violence. And at the same time, can we not ask ourselves What is love inviting me to do right now? How is love asking me to show up within the context of everything else going on? And then see how you feel, right? Yeah. You know, I'm preaching to the choir with you, my friend. (laughs) You don't need to be sold on love. Yeah. You know what, though? I, I look at your Instagram page almost daily, which I'm sure you know, because I'm always hitting that love button. And sometimes I make a comment like muster up some love this weekend, right? What I find, though, is you are so authentic and you talk about the dissension in the world and also the dissension within yourself. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, you mentioned ask basically what would love do, right? But ask, like when you're feeling that way, when you're feeling shitty about yourself or doubtful about what's coming up next or even your way of showing up in the world, go in and love yourself even more. I think you wrote something about that in the last week or so, you know, but you said you feel that way. And when you feel that way, love yourself even more, love that piece of it instead of, you know, most people have a mindset of hating on themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so they go deeper instead of loving that aspect of it. And even those, even those of us who are inclined to love ourselves, who are working on self-love, what we can tend to do is go to war with the voices inside that aren't able to show up in a loving way. So we're committed to loving ourselves, but we're human. So obviously we don't always love ourselves and we, we beat up on ourselves. And then we start beating up on the voices that aren't loving ourselves because they're not in alignment with how we want to be living. And what I'm playing at more and more, Terry, in my life, and my my goodness, it's serving me so well in terms of the relationship I have with myself, is that can we not love every aspect of what's going on inside of ourselves? So I, when my mind is telling me that I am unworthy, part of loving myself is understanding, oh, I'm worthy. That's a lie of the mind. But part of loving myself is also loving the part of my mind that is telling me I'm unworthy. Can I not hold space, a loving space for that part of who I am too? Because if I don't, I'm going to war. And if you go to war with any part of your mind, you're going to war with yourself. And if you go to war, you create more war. And and I say this not from a woo-woo place, from a very practical, practical place. Do you want to create a loving relationship with yourself or do you want to go to war and and Mm -hmm. contribute to the war that's being created? And I believe everybody, if they check in with themselves, the 
99, I mean, I, I, there's not a hundred percent for anything in this world. I get that. But like 99% of us are going to be like, no, I don't want to go to war with myself. So then it's incumbent upon us to look at the places where we actually are going to war. We actually are going to battle with aspects of who we are instead of understanding even that I can love, Mm -hmm. even that I can be compassionate with. And then by doing so, we create friendship with all the aspects of ourselves, even the ones we don't like. And we all have things we don't like about ourselves and that's human and okay. I'm not going to go to war with the part of me that doesn't like parts of me about myself, right? Like there's always a deeper level of love we can find if what we're creating on any level feels combative and Mm -hmm. and warlike. You know what this reminds me of? It's really easy for people to write down all of the things that they hate about themselves, that they dislike about themselves, that, you know, that they think are ugly or unattractive or less worthy. It's so hard to write a list of what you love about yourself. And as you're saying that, like I have a list on my whiteboard of what I love about myself. Somebody was on my show in the first years, you know, 12 years ago and and encouraged everybody, write a list about 10 things that you love about yourself. And I have one there. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, there are things that I love about myself. And I really do need to sometimes stop when those voices creep up that say, who are you to think you, you're going to do that? Right. And say, wait a minute. I, I, I am loved and I'm love in action, which is what you are. And imagine if there were more people on this planet that were love in action. Yeah. It's the game. Right? And we're not, I mean, I imagine it all the time. Right. <laughs> it's why we're doing right. what we're doing, but it's like, but it, it's, you know, what you're speaking to, we don't, we don't learn how to love ourselves. It's not no. something that is taught and we learn the exact opposite. We learn yes. the exact opposite in, in a couple different ways. One, that it's totally okay and natural to beat up on yourself. And two, that it's actually unseemly to speak about your love of self. Yes. So from two different directions, you're being told, don't love yourself. And that that message for women is even more intense because it's even more inappropriate based on our conditioning for a woman to dare to, to speak into her power. Right. Yeah. And so we're being fed all of this nonsense. And, you know, I'm just what I'm practicing at Terry more and more is just looking at how I'm showing up in my life. Am I showing up as a product of my conditioning or am I showing up in alignment with what feels true and authentic to who I am as a person? Yeah. And and I'm someone who's been on a spiritual path for a long time and bring a lot of consciousness to how I show up and I'm still showing up in my conditioning so often because we are conditioned in so many ways within an inch of our lives, literally, you know, and it's like, okay, not literally, but you know. It seems so easy to fall back into because of that conditioning to fall back into that place of berating yourself because of our conditioning. It can be so hard to continue to just love up on yourself because of that conditioning. Absolutely. But that's why it's so important to bring awareness to those moments when you are actually operating in conditioning, because that's when you have an opportunity to make a different choice. If what I'm saying to you is just BS, 
and I'm aware of it, if I can bring awareness to it, and if I can stop myself and shift into something that feels more true, anytime we bring awareness to everything, that's the, for me the starting point, but it takes mm -hmm. more than the awareness. It takes a willingness to follow up that awareness with some action. And yeah. Terry, I swear to you, when I look at where I am now, in terms of the relationship I've created with myself versus where I was a year ago or five years ago or 10 years ago, I am in such a good relationship with myself. I, it's not that I, I don't, I still have a mind that abuses me and does all the stuff. I just don't give it the energy I, I usually would. And I don't hate on it. So I'm creating more peace and I'm creating more friendship. And the only reason it's happening is because I practice at it yeah. continuously. That's why. And so to what you're saying, yes, it's hard to, to transcend our conditioning, but it is certainly not impossible. And the more we practice it, the more we are intentional about looking at the, when we're, when we're beating ourselves up, offering ourselves something different, reframing the thought, changing the thought, focusing on something else. This type of practice, as with any type of practice, you cannot practice at something without becoming better at it. It's just what mm -hmm. happens. It's the only possibility, right? So I know that about love. I know that about self-love. The more centered I am, the more practiced I am at being in good relationship with myself, the more natural it becomes. And then suddenly, from, it doesn't feel like work for me, generally. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it does if my mind is feeling especially insane one day and really pulling me out of my heart. But generally speaking, I, sh I go to love very naturally because it's, it's just practice. Right. Until well, it becomes the norm. And that is what the art of impeccable soul care is all about, right? It's honoring the soul that you are on every level. And then like, bombing it with as much love as you can possibly give it so that everything can shift. And, you know, when people talk about practice and uh, people that aren't necessarily walking in this on the same path as we are, I tell them, well, look at Michael Jordan. He practiced every single day to become the greatest basketball player of all time. Yeah. Every single day from the time he was a child. Okay. And I know you can imagine this. Imagine if every child born in the world was taught how to practice loving themselves in a non-narcissistic way. Sure. Right? Imagine. We yeah. can imagine that. Like, even with my own kids, I tell them, you know the difference of whether you're you're experiencing something from a sense of love by the way your body reacts. You can tell in the pit of your stomach if this is a, an element of love or if this is something else. Absolutely. Whatever that is, right? Whatever that is. I, I wrote I, one of my, I mean, I'm going to quote myself now, so forgive me if that's. Oh, no, I, I want you to quote yourself. I even have your book out. <laughs> but what, to what you just said, there's one thing I wrote, which was like, love is love. Everything else is something else. So yes. if you know when it's love and if it's, if it's not love, if there are any conditions to it, if there are expectations, if it's not love anymore, that right. is something else. That is a mental projection. That's an egoic projection. And, but to what you're saying about the kids, like it has to begin with the adults. Yeah. That's the thing. We're filled with a world full of people, of adults 
who don't know how to love themselves, which is why children are not being taught how to love themselves. And what I want to say to anyone listening, especially for those of you listening who might be saying, and I know there are some of you out there because I see them in my workshops all the time, I don't know how to love myself. I don't love myself. I want you to know, first and foremost, that's very normal. A lot of people don't know how to love themselves. And it's also never too late to begin, right? It is always what we do from this moment on that matters the most. Mm -hmm. It will always be what we do from this moment on that matters the most. So for me with self-love, and when I speak a lot about self-love because I think it's an important foundational point for love, but I also know that it always transcends self. It always serves all. So so focus on self-love and let go of any part of your mind telling you that it's selfish to work on loving yourself. It's the most beautiful selfishness there is, and it will serve our world. But be willing. If you can't yeah. honestly say that you love yourself, can you honestly say, I am willing to love myself? Mm-hmm. And in that willingness, what invitations come from your heart when you really just tune in, maybe close your eyes. And if I'm willing to love myself, what does that look like in my life? What that might look like in your life, depending on who you are, is carving out even five minutes a day to start where you you immerse yourself in the trees or in nature, if that's something that serves your heart. It might be pulling out a journal and giving yourself 10 minutes of journaling into your relationship with yourself. Looking at the choices that you can make that create more joy, peace, or meaning in your life and committing to making more of those choices. Well, at the same time, looking at the choices you're making that actually feel more depleting. Mm -hmm. They feel like they're taking you away from your center and as much as possible, start eliminating these choices. There are so many actions we can take that are so much more simple than we want to believe that reflect self-love. And the more we take those actions, the more inclined we're going to be to take more of those actions. And the more we're taking more of those actions, the more we're going to be resting in these moments of self-love where it will be impossible to say, I don't know how to love myself because you are showing throughout the day by the choices you're making that you are living in love for yourself. Mm. I really appreciate that you said even five minutes. Okay, even five minutes, minutes. just start. Okay, we're going to take a break for just, I don't know, 30 seconds. That's our time. And then we're going to come back and we're going to have more conversation with Scott Stabile here on The Art of Impeccable Soul Care. we're back. And we, of course, are talking about love. Just love, big love, all love, really. All love. love. I I don't know what the title of your next book will be, but um, I think... Something with love, most likely. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I I think I've sent you some uh, thoughts a couple of times and said, oh, this could be the next book. Biggest love. Biggest love ever. (laughs) Well, my son, um, my, my newsletter is bigger love. So I kept going with the big love theme. Yeah, well, that's good. And, and um, listeners, all of Scott's information will be here on the page. I think the easiest way to get a hold of him is scottstabile.com, right? Sure. That'll yeah. get you everywhere else. Okay. So there's two things that I want to talk about. I want to ask a question based upon our conversation of love and Something that people ask me a lot is, 
well, isn't that just spiritual bypassing? How would you respond to that? Is asking yourself about love and leaning into love Mm -hmm. just spiritual bypassing? No. <laughs> what if I just yeah, left? That's what I no, say. no, it's not. Let's move on. No, no, I, yeah. I, not in any way in my experience. For me, to bypass something is to to deny that it exists, and I don't think the invitation to love is a denial of what exists. Mm. It's an invitation to bring to whatever exists a commitment to love, right? Like if I believe in our compulsion to not spiritual bypass what a lot of us are doing. We are bypassing an entire other existence on this planet of beauty and connection and hope and compassion and love. We are so committed to not bypass that we stay focused on all the aspects of life that are not working, all the division that's there, all the corruption that's there, all of the ugliness, the racism, all of these things I am very aware of all these things. I am not bypassing any of them. And at the same time, I see my role on the planet. What feels most true to me is to bring to whatever it is I'm experiencing, whenever I'm able, as much love as possible, because I deeply believe that love is the thing that will create healing. Mm -hmm. Anger is a beautiful catalyst to be, there's a lot to be angry about in this world. I'm angry about a lot that exists in this world. And anger is not a healer. Anger gets us off our butts. Anger has us like, this is unjust. This is not okay. We react in that way from, from an angry place. And that's important. If we do not support that anger with love, all we're going to create in return is more anger and more division right? Love is the healer. So without love, you're not necessarily bypassing anything with, you're just saying, I want to show up with love and bring love to, to whatever it is I'm doing in the world. And I believe that the only way to create healing is if others do the same thing, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I don't necessarily, look, bypassing is by the individual. You right. can be a very loving individual and be spiritually bypassing, you can be a very hateful individual and be spiritually bypassing. Like there are a lot of ways to bypass. Yeah. Um, But that's, I don't think it is automatic. If you're talking about love that you're ignoring everything else. We're expansive, Terry. We're, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, so expansive. And um, the way that you present it, uh, even in, you know, pre-commercial was you're recognizing that this exists. Right. And that's how is that bypassing in any way if you're recognizing that it exists and you're really asking, okay, how can I step into this maybe with a more loving attitude and create a more loving experience, not just for yourself, for everything, Uh, everything around you. Right. How do we want to engage in the world and what example do we want to lead with? in how we engage. For me, that's what I'm asking myself, no matter what I'm participating in and how I'm choosing to share. You know, I've written a lot of political things over the, the past several years on my social media accounts, and it always enraged 50% of the country. But I my commitment in whatever, whenever I would share politically, even if it was 
you know, I, I was never supporting Trump, so my posts were never in support of him. And I, I really tried to bring to whatever I was saying in highlighting um, a compassionate voice that was not about attacking those who did support Trump, but making clear how I feel. Mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I just don't know. I know for me, for who I am and how I, I want to show up here, and I know how I feel most at home in my being, I have to stay grounded in compassion, in empathy, and in love as much as possible, or I feel completely off base. So whenever I did, if I share things that don't feel aligned, I don't feel right. It's not how I want to be. And I'm not saying I'm some saint, believe me. I'm a jerk. I'm not always in alignment. I fall off the love train often. And I bring myself back as quickly as I'm able. And hopefully I acknowledge it and take responsibility for when I was a jerk, um, you know, as best I can. Um, But I know what I need to do for myself to feel okay here. And and I also happen to believe, maybe this is convenient, but I happen to believe that love is our greatest healer, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. And if anyone checks in, I don't feel like that's like this crazy statement. If anyone checks in with themselves, what makes them feel the best and most aligned, it's going to have to do with love, right. giving love or receiving love. Yeah. It uh, always well, does. I agree a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I went to an event this weekend normally that would have left me feeling very uneasy. Before I went, I meditated and I checked in with myself. I asked why I was feeling it uneasy, what I could do to change it, to, to walk in a deeper sense of love at this event. And I had the best experience within the energy of this type of event that I've had in a really long time. Mm -hmm. And I know that it was because I asked myself first, okay, why am I feeling this way? And how can I make it a more loving experience? Because that's really what we all want. That's what we all want. That's what everybody at this thing wanted. It was to be in a more loving space. So I 100% support that and believe in that and accept that it is the way to heal. Yeah, and you're modeling what you just shared. You're modeling it. You you didn't you you went into some self inquiry. Like, what's happening for me here? How do I want to be showing up here? What's off? What's out of alignment? How can I move these things into alignment? You know, and and this is all we can ultimately do in our lives. Yeah, check in with ourselves, reconnect, realign, move forward from that place as, as much as possible. But without the without the willingness to do that self inquiry, it's very hard to get to the next step. And a lot of people on this planet don't want to do the self inquiry. They want to point fingers. They want to blame. They're comfortable in their hypocrisy, and it doesn't. It's not going to create anything positive. And we all do it. I've been a hypocrite a thousand times over. I'm sure I'll be one again. You know, I'm I'm getting better and better at acknowledging my hypocrisy, not being ruled by it, and being more empathetic for those who are showing up in their hypocrisy because I recognize it's entirely human, right? right. But it's if we're not going to do the work on ourselves, ultimately all we have control over, Terry, and I know you know this, is how we're showing up in the world. We don't have control over how others are showing up. 
So who do you want to be? How do you want to show up? What do you want to invite? What do you want to magnify? I love that word. I love that word magnify. And I also appreciate that several times in this conversation, you have used the word willingness. And I think that that's what blocks people is they don't have a willingness. They're not open to, to checking in and they do blame. And you know, there, there's a million reasons why that happens. If you're not willing to look at something differently, that's just the way it's always going to be. And it's disempowering. I mean, for me, I feel much more empowered when I take responsibility for my life when I acknowledge my hypocrisies, when I look at where I'm not living in my truth, like my power lives in that, that acknowledgement and in the willingness to make different choices. So if my, I'm pointing fingers at everyone else and blaming everyone else, I am automatically disempowering myself and I don't want to live my life that way. No, I hear you a hundred percent on that. Okay. We're, we're cutting it really close. We're getting down to the wire here. A half an hour is never long enough to, a minute went by. to have a conversation with you. Um, so we're going to go over today because I have I have one other thing that I really want to talk about. Okay. And that's the breath work that you oh, are yeah. offering people right now. I have not revisited it since the first time, but the first time and the only time that I experienced that, I, I told you, I, I had, I had hip pain and that hip pain is gone. I do need to come back because I have other things that show up. (laughs) Right? Okay. Can we focus on this now? No. Um, But it was such a profound shift for me that I really want, other people to be able to experience that with you. I love the way that you teach. And so I'd, I'd love for you to just share a bit about how you came to breathwork and how people can experience it with you. Sure. No. Yeah. I came. Thank you for bringing up breathwork. You know, I love talking about breathwork. Yeah. I, I had my first and I call it transformational breathwork. It's probably under the umbrella of holotropic, which is what some people might be familiar with, but holotropic breathwork sessions can last for one hour or two hours or three hours. Um, But essentially the breath that I guide with is a breath that tends to take people on a journey, like an energetic journey, a, a spiritual journey, the, the experience, the personal experiences I've had from doing this breath in the breath is only, it's a two part inhale and a single exhale. It's a lower belly inhale into an upper chest inhale. And then you exhale. All you do is that for a half an hour with your mouth open, eyes closed on your back. And I guide this and I, it is indescribable what people experience. I mean, Terry, I have talked to loved ones who have passed, which has never been a part of my life. I have had inner child healings. I've had energy moving through my body to the extent that I felt like I could shoot lightning bolts out of my fingers. And all of this is for me. And then like much more subtle things, just like really like pain. People have the experience you had releasing pain, that lingering pain that's been with them days or weeks or years. And then through breath work have moved some of that pain energy out of their body. So I, I first had my first breathwork experience about five years ago in Costa Rica as part of an ayahuasca retreat, but we they had a breathwork session and there were about 60 of us in a room doing this breathing. And I had never heard of breathwork like this outside of yogic breathwork, more of meditative breaths. Yeah, pranayama. 
pranayama, I felt like I literally, literally saw my soul. I saw the light of my soul and it was one of the most profound spiritual experiences I ever had just from breathing. And I was getting ready to do four ayahuasca ceremonies in a row. Oh and the breath work was as powerful for me as the ayahuasca um, in a very different way. And so my experience guiding it has been, I trained on it in it earlier this year to, to become a breathwork facilitator. And the, the response people have to it, it's just so beautiful. It, people write me after these sessions, like, I can't believe this memory that came up, this, this painful memory that came through in my breathwork session that I feel like I created healing around. And I can't explain any of it, honestly, Terry, like the, I can't explain how it's happening the way it's happening outside of saying the breath is magic. And we have another thing we have not learned, certainly not in this country, is to connect to the, the spiritual power of our breath yeah. and, and believe in the breath as a tool for great, great healing. Mm-hmm. Not just for, I mean, we, we see it just like how deep breaths can relax us. But what happens when you actually, for a half an hour, focus your breath on something in your life that you want to open to or something in your life that you want to release, yeah. um, powerful, powerful shifts are created. So if somebody wanted to experience, oh yeah, yeah. Yes. A breathwork session with you. I, um, I do it online weekly. I mean, I can, do, I, I offer private sessions, but I also offer an online session weekly through zoom and it's really powerful. Zoom, it, you, you might not think through Zoom, but it is because most of the people I've guided now, it's been through Zoom. Yeah. Um, there hasn't been a lot of in-person stuff. And you can check, you can find that on my website. I have event links and I always post it on Instagram and Facebook too. It's been on Wednesdays typically, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern, and it's an hour, half an hour of it's the active breath work. We set intentions in the beginning and do a little meditation. And it's a really beautiful beautiful hour and I can't recommend it highly enough. Thank you for bringing it up. You're welcome. I can't recommend it highly enough either. I, I love the sound of your voice in a meditation and, um, it took me a bit to get comfortable with the laying down piece, obviously not get comfortable with you because that's (laughs) a given, but it took me a minute to get comfortable, which really surprised me in that, even though I was kind of struggling to get comfortable and it kind of took me away from tuning in. Once I settled into that space, it wasn't about the amount of time that I was actually breathing. It was that I did it and I was okay with that. It was amazing. Uh, So I, I can't recommend it enough either. Thank Um, you. What you're saying is the experience of a lot of people, especially your first times. It's a, it's an unusual breath to be breathing And we're in our heads a lot and it can take, it can take a bit for people to like get in the rhythm. But just like you said, sometimes it, it's just minutes of being in the rhythm by the end and still the openings that can be created are extraordinary. Yeah, it it really is. It's very powerful and I'll be back on a Wednesday. Uh, So, okay. So we're down to the wire here. We, we have to close in a second and you know, there's been so many nuggets that we have shared. If you could share one thing people could put into practice right now that they can use as a tool to 
deepen their own connection, their own sense of impeccable soul care, mm-hmm. what would that be for you? You know, a, a few things come to mind off the bat. What, one is I, I really want, I just want to really remind people that you are worthy as you are. Mm-hmm. If you can really, really sink into the understanding of that, that every baby being born on the planet today is of equal worth. We're okay acknowledging that every person dying today is of equal worth. But when it comes to looking at ourselves, we step outside of this understanding that we are worthy. And and we don't understand that our worth is inherent. It's not predicated on anything you do, any successes or how beautiful you are, how great your kids are, or how much money you make. None of that has anything to do with worth. It's great if it contributes to your life. But just get in the habit of centering yourself in the truth of your worth because the way you move through the world as a worthy person and what you invite into your life from that place is wholly different than when we're mired in our insecurity and in our belief that we are less than. Mm-hmm. Um, also, what I would encourage people to do is get in the habit because we tell ourselves that we don't know how to love ourselves and yet all through the day, we're loving ourselves in different ways. I would encourage you all to get in the habit of acknowledging Every time you are showing up for yourself in a loving way, whenever you're preparing yourself a cup of coffee, take five seconds to rest in that acknowledgement. This is me loving myself right now. You're cooking yourself a meal. This is me loving myself. You're putting a nice outfit together that makes you feel good. This is me loving myself right now. Because the more we bring acknowledgement to those moments that we actually are resting in self-love, the more likely we are to create more of those moments in our day. And also what we're going to find is that we're resting in the acknowledgement of the self-love any minutes we're giving to that are minutes that we're not living in misery and self-abuse and fear and insecurity. And the, the gift of this, it just builds on itself. Everything here is energy and energy creates momentum. So we get to decide the momentum we want to create in our lives. So start creating the momentum of being in best friendship with yourself. Mm-hmm. I love that. Being in best friendship with yourself. Okay. You said the word Holy, which I'm guessing you were you were talking about W H O L L, and what this all sounds like to me is holy, is in H O L Y. You are honoring the sacredness of who you are in a sense of holiness, yeah, and creating that sense of being more whole. Yes. That's beautiful. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, as well as I do, we have the, the energy that created the oceans and trees and mm-hmm. planets and stars. That very energy is alive within us now and always. It is boundless. Mm-hmm. It is boundless. We are not limited. So mm-hmm. that is holy energy. Yeah. All right. Well, I love you so much. I love you so, too. so much. Yeah, and I'm so grateful that you are on the planet and that you are in my life. Makes yeah. me feel very emotional. I love you so much. And I look forward to the day that we do this again. Thank you. Yeah. Thank anytime. I love you so much. Yeah. Bye. I love you. Mwah. Okay. okay, listeners, scottstabile.com. Tune in for a big dose of love and some breath work. Hey, this is your host, Terry Williams. Thanks for tuning in to The Art of Impeccable Soul Care, bridging ancient wisdom and modern teachings to raise your vibration and elevate your life. 
For more information or to work with me, visit soulpractices.com and subscribe to my tribe. You'll be the first to hear about upcoming guests and workshops, free resources, and so much more. Until next time, thanks again. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.